0: We believe you have a story to share. For 2,000 years, humankind has believed in the power of story. In healthcare, we're finding ways to better heal those who are in front of us. Join us as we explore healing stories now. I want to welcome everyone to another edition of Healing Stories, and it's my great honor as uh, we do have in our midst uh, a real leader, uh, someone who can help us in a Healing Stories moment, and I want to welcome Mary Diamato to the program tonight. So Mary, thanks for being with us.
1: Well, thanks for the invitation, Martin. I appreciate it. It's, um, it's a time when we really need to stay connected.
0: You know, Mary, I've I've known you uh over the years and your ability uh, you, you have your own coaching program and you have brought uh, clients in to understand what is it to be a leader and uh, I love how you uh, know that uh, you are a person who identifies who moves who delivers who tailors and who facilitates and I'm sure we'll get in that tonight but uh, Mary as we do with all of our guests on the show could you just tell us who you are <laughs>
1: Well, I was born in New Jersey. Now I won't go that that far, <laughs> um, but I will tell you, I I, I do rely heavily on, on my <clears throat> excuse me my Italian uh, New Jersey background <clears throat> because that does make me a little bit of who I am. But it also uh, tells you a little bit about my background immediately. Um, I came up through a, a very friendly, very uh, A community of people that called everybody aunt and uncle and wound up going to college. Uh, I was the oldest of four girls so I was I guess the leader of the four and I went into education Uh, taught for a number of years went into special education and worked with emotionally disturbed kids so I laugh and tell my clients that I still am working with emotionally disturbed people. They just wear boots, <laughs> and um, they start to laugh and then realize I'm only half joking.
0: Talking about them.
1: But pardon me.
0: Talking about them. Yes, exactly. But you know,
1: uh, it kind of breaks the ice a little bit because coaching—you um, have to build up a rapport. So after I did that for a number of years, I was also a special ed administrator. And then at some point I said, I want to start my own business. So I did that and spent the next 20 years coaching and consulting and training. And then I have to bring this up because I spent four years in the Middle East. Mm -hmm. Um, I lived in Qatar for four years and worked for Georgetown University in their HR department, developing their talent development uh, unit. So came back to the States. I'm here in D.C. and still doing what I'm doing.
0: Still doing what you're doing. And, and in this moment of time, as we're calling it a, a pandemic, COVID-19, I imagine a lot of people are reaching out to you, uh, even if it's by text. Uh, I know I've done that, uh, had great uh, hope as you would send me messages and, and then helped us in facilitating different calls. And what are you saying to people right now? Uh, what's kind of your message? Uh, what is your healing story right now in this pandemic?
1: You know, I, I try to remind people that that this, yeah, this is pretty bad and, and I don't discount it. But I ask them to think back to other trying times. And, you know, I'm a breast cancer survivor. And I think back to that time and I think, hell, if I can get through that, I can get through anything. Mm -hmm. Um, I ask them not not to focus on the bad or the past, but just to say, think about how well you've done over the years. Think about what you've come through. Think about the people that you love, that you that you relied on, and that helped, that went to you for reliance of, on some sort. And there's some kind of comfort in that, Martin. You know, mm-hmm. there's a there's a sense of I'm not alone. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's the biggest thing. I, I think we have to make sure that we realize that we're inconvenienced. We may even get ill, but the fact is, we're not alone. Mm-hmm.
0: And that that sense of uh, community, a sense of uh, relationship does seem to be a part that heals people and has slowed some people down. And isn't it interesting that I think people are slowly taking a look around their house maybe around their neighborhood, and, and just seeing people. And th- there all of a sudden isn't that these people are all invisible. I, I was sitting with my daughter at lunch in the midst of phone calls and coming down, and I just sat with her. And, and I'm not alone. Um, and I was looking at her, and she wasn't invisible. And I, I feel a lot of people in the world are slowly becoming visible in a time when maybe they were thought of as invisible.
1: Well, that's an excellent point. And even if there were a thought of it, many of us feel invisible. Yeah. And that's the danger. I have to tell you, I am, I'm in the uh, AARP group, um, which is anybody over 50. And that's as far as I'll go. But <laughs> I've had, I live in a, an apartment building that is just full of uh, millennials. And, you know, I've had two of my younger neighbors call and check on me and ask if I needed anything from the store. Now, I just was so moved by that. Mm -hmm. That's the kind of things that are happening now that I think, like you said, we're pausing, we're reaching out, and we're feeling more connected.
0: There was a recent article in a Harvard Business Review that the title is called That Discomfort You're Feeling is Grief, and it's by Scott Burinato, And I'll send it to you if you haven't seen it, but I'm struck by how people are also experiencing some grief and maybe they know it and maybe they don't. And then all of a sudden they act out on it or I'm um, weepy or I'm lonely, you know, all these things. But what's your sense right now uh, from the world and, and even from that that experience that you're you're talking about? Uh, how do people deal with grief as leaders?
1: Well, I I don't want to, again, diminish the grief, but many people don't even realize it's grief, Martin. Yeah. And that's what concerns me. Mm. Um, We're grieving for a lifestyle that we had, whether it was good, bad or indifferent. It's not the same and it will never be the same. We're grieving for the Friday nights we used to have when we met friends. We're grieving for those Sunday dinners we used to have. We're grieving for all those things we need to grieve about because those were important to us. Those connections, that camaraderie, that sharing experience, those are important things. And very often we say, oh, it'll be fine. I can get through this. we won't go back on Friday nights again. But right now, you know, you have to grieve that loss. You may have to grieve the loss of maybe part of your health, maybe somebody in your family. Um, My sister lives in Virginia. She said, hey, the trains are probably empty. Why don't you come down and visit? And I'm Mm. like, no, Hmm. no, I'm not. Uh, You know, yeah, so I had to sit and say, okay, I feel bad about that, and that's okay.
0: People are uh, also picking up books. I didn't know if you've uh, grabbed one of your uh, kind of classics or something that's out there that uh, you think might might help people a little bit in this time. I'm I'm gonna see what you say. I'll I'll, I'll talk about some of the things I'm I'm going uh, reading. But what are some of the things that you find are helpful in these kind of crises moments for uh, leaders for people who are just trying to run organizations halfway around the world?
1: I would recommend that they pick up something that they can either a get lost in like maybe uh, some fiction and just put their brain on hold or perhaps something that really interests them. And for example, I just read the fear factor Mm. and it was such an insight for me for this time. And I'll explain why I have a master's in psychology It's industrial organizational psychology, but nonetheless, but the fear factor just explained how people are bought into this and why they are, how they are. And it was fascinating. It didn't bother me. It it was fascinating. I learned more about myself and I learned more about my clients. So again, I think it's important that you choose something, not because you have to read it, but because you want to. Mm. If that gives you any insight to your question.
0: Yeah, because all of us are out there and you could troll and turn on that that television and just be letting it consume you. And I don't find it's going anywhere. Uh, you know, how often we engage something is probably a discipline that you teach people. Because if it, there are too many times to it it can so distract you that you lose your focus and that's why i asked that question is are there things that help us to have that balance uh, so we can stay on track as leaders
1: i have one of the my favorite questions Hmm. is is this serving you that gets away martin from the good or bad okay right So somebody says, Oh, well, you know, I, you know, I feel like I need to keep up and I watch TV every day. Okay. I'm not going to judge you. Mm -hmm. Is it serving you? Mm -hmm. How is it serving you? Mm -hmm. And then I get Well, uh, you know, I, I, um, I want to keep up and I'm like, how is that serving you? And sometimes we get to the point where they say, well, I guess it isn't. So I think that's a good question to ask ourselves. I think that helps a lot when you're, uh, and you know, we're making jokes about toilet paper, but how is it serving you to have enough toilet paper for three years? Uh You know, it's not, I don't, by the way.
0: Yeah. Well, okay. I mean, TP party. Yeah. I mean, the the service aspect too, I think calls people to say, can I give out of my broken emptiness? Right. I mean, we're in a, we're in a panic for some of the organizations I'm leading because they think no one will ever give. Well, I also think people might be very generous and be surprised yes. at how they serve. So why not talk about, let's, let's do more. Uh, why couldn't we serve more in in maybe a different capacity, right? Um, as leaders. I mean, it's not, I, I think the, the way to isolate is not the way of service.
1: It's not, but now we have to get creative on how we serve. Hmm. So for example, I'm in a, 300 and something apart, a complex. Um, And I just called the the main office today and asked if I could talk to somebody about setting up a coaching program um, just as a service to the people who are now homebound. Hmm. Now, I'm not telling you that to pat myself on the back. I'm saying I I I never would have thought to do that except for this. I get paid for my services. This I'm doing because we're, we're all in this together.
0: Yeah.
1: And I think we need to get creative about it.
0: Huh. Yeah, people are finding themselves in places they've never been before, and wouldn't it be great to have a companion uh, who, yeah. who could walk? You're a companion, Mary.
1: Exactly. And I can hook other people up and connect other people. You know, one of the three top needs of humans, and you know this, Mark, is, is, uh, is to feel connected Mm -hmm. and to feel a part of something. You know, many of us feel a part of something that's higher and greater than ourselves. Some people don't, but we still need a connection. And I think I started to think about the change that's happening because of this pandemic. And a couple of things came up for me. One of which is we're, we are experiencing the change right now. It's not going to happen later. It's not going to. We are experiencing it. And I thought about certain things that changed the human race overall. One thing was Christianity. I mean, Jesus came down and gave this incredible message of love. That changed everything. Another thing was the printing press. Talk about connection. Connection. Another thing was, you know, when we decided that, you know, the earth was round and not flat. That opened up all sorts of countries and markets and other people and other cultures. And then there was the Internet. And Martin, as I was going through every one of these things, you know, obviously they're not the only things. What was the theme? Connectedness. Mm. Mm. That's how important it is to all of us. And that's how I think we need to make sure that we understand that we are all connected and we're all in this together. When my clients call and say, oh, my gosh, I can't get people to work. And, you know, even though I've got a critical situation and, you know, all right. Think out, uh, Yeah, I don't even use think outside the box. I said, you have no box. Huh. What can you do? Because we're all in this together. Mm-hmm. Who can you call on? Who can support you? You know, it's, it's thinking more in terms of connectedness than siloing.
0: There, there's a real vulnerability to that for some who don't uh, utilize that as a currency.
1: Yes. And sometimes you, that's an excellent point. Sometimes you have to, at least in my position, I try to help people understand that vulnerability is a strength. People who bluster and bully are not strong. They're just loud. Hmm. People who are vulnerable have an inner strength that no one can touch. Yeah,
0: and isn't that true of our moment now? Not yes. just us, but collectively, how we are uncertain of a future that makes us vulnerable.
1: It does. And that vulnerability, though, is something we can look at, Martin, and decide where our strength actually comes from. There is nothing, nothing outside of us that has any control over us. Even in the depths of, of death and dying, we have control over how we're going to move forward into our transition. So yeah, am I worried about, can I pay my rent? Um, will my clients be okay? I, those concerns, but I I can't do anything about that. All I can do is is find my inner strength and move from that place.
0: Mm-hmm. Did was there someone who taught you these things? Uh, I you spoke about being in Cutter. Uh, I imagine that there is something within you that is as well crystallizing and eliciting a great desire Uh, are there and you you talked about that with having cancer yourself maybe that's some insights for us is to recognize we we all have a past we all have a story which is really part of this podcast is to draw on your own story Um, but I'm sure there are luminaries who you've met uh, who, who can who are helping you guide at this moment too
1: Oh my gosh, you know, Martin, we we would need need three more uh, podcasts. But I can tell you now that I've seen my parents come through trouble Mm. and make it through. I've seen friends and colleagues the same way. And what I've tried to do is either be there for them if I could or learn from it. I think the other thing that has helped is, again, to that, well to honor my story yeah. and then not judge other people's stories. I have to share something. Uh, my, I have a sister who says, I get up every day during this pandemic and, uh, and she's working from home and she says, and I get up and I shower and I get dressed and I put on earrings and makeup and perfume. And I go, Oh God, all I can do is shower. <laughs> <I'm> like, really? <laughs> and I had to stop myself and say, why am I judging this?
0: Yes, right. Yes,
1: you know that's what she's doing to cope. Okay, right. I'm I'm in sweats and I'm coping just fine, thank you. Mm-hmm.
0: No video no tonight. Yeah, no, vi- no video yeah. tonight, Mary.
1: <laughs> yeah, thanks. You. So you know, those are the kinds of things I think that has to help too. Is no judgment, and start to look at what you're grateful for. and and this relates to your question. She is grateful for what she can do to cope. I I think sometimes we take things for granted. It goes back to your comment about feeling invisible. I I had a cat sit on one of my cats sitting on my lap and I took a picture of it and I laughed and I posted it and I said, I'm gonna yell at my cat for not following social distancing. <laughs> well, I got I mean, I had people just texting me and laughing and put it on Facebook. And, oh, my God, that's so funny. You know, sometimes I take the cat for granted, I think. Yeah. I've to feed it. I've to clean it up after it. I, you know, she throws up once in a while. My God, she's been such a such a joy to me. And that's just a cat. Imagine what we do with our with our loved ones. Imagine what we do with the fact that, you know, I'm sitting here in this wonderful leather armchair in my bedroom and I have the most beautiful lamp that you can adjust and, and, and dim. And I'm just thinking, wow, I should use that lamp more often. That's beautiful. Mm. But you don't do that unless you pause. And we are at a pause.
0: We're at a pause. And, and even in that moment, uh, our visibility, our, our perspective is changing and And one thing you've always taught me too is to be mindful of how much others can influence you, and at times negatively. and your great line to me, and I, I think it was the Buddha or, or maybe it was the Buddha Mary, and it's yeah. do not do not let the behavior of others." destroy your inner peace inner peace yeah could you talk a little bit about that because i I think what you're saying uh people are coming at us with with their stuff but we're trying not to judge them but then how do we not let that affect the inner peace that we're working so hard to live in
1: well there's a couple of ways and first i would say martin that people are going to tell you how to handle this you should meditate more you should go for walks you should do this you should you know I'm not going to tell you what to do because you've got to choose your own path. But what I will say, though, is what I said before, and building on that. Nothing outside of us is in our control. We can only control ourselves. And if I choose peace, then I can own it. And when somebody says to you, you know, you have cancer, I can't control that, but I can control how I respond. When somebody says to me, you know, you're, you're in your apartment for the next six weeks. And by the way, your boyfriend has to work. So you two can't see each other until this is over. I mean, I can yell and scream and, and yes, I am. I am grieving a little bit, but you know, I'm not going to let that interrupt my personal peace. I'm going to say, Hey, I'm grateful that I'm alive. I'm healthy. I'm grateful that I have a cat that doesn't approve of social distancing. Uh, I'm grateful that I have electricity and I have heat and I have, you know, I think that's the answer, Martin, is to touch, really touch that gratitude mm-hmm. and understand that everything outside of you, if you can't control it, yes, you can influence, but you can't control it, then you've got to look inside. And whether, you know, you turn to a god or Buddha or higher power, I don't, I don't care what you call it. And if you don't believe in something outside of you, look inside, find your strength, look at your vulnerability as strength and say, oh my gosh, I got this. I got this.
0: That line, find your strength is so powerful. Uh, After the bombing uh, at the Boston Marathon, a number of us went and toured the rehab center where the victims all came. And we were there a week after the bombing and on the ground was the phrase find your strength because they no longer were standing and walking they were in wheelchairs looking down and for me what you're doing in this universe and in a collective is helping people find their strength and that's what we all need uh, in a moment of gratitude and We were on a call today, the entire hospital system, the community, and uh, real challenges. And I just said the first thing I want everyone to do is think of how long it takes to find one positive uh, when you get out of bed in the morning. (laughs) You know, I mean, am I at the shower? Am I in the car? Am I already at the office and I haven't found anything? Um, And we'll see what happens. But that finding your strength is so critical, isn't it?
1: It is. And you know what i truly believe, and this is where I come from coaching because, you know, I call myself a success coach because I help people find the answers and the strength in themselves. I can't give it to you, Martin. I can't give it to them, Yeah. but they have it. Everyone has it. It's learning how to tap into it and then to express it.
0: You're you're believing in people, Mary. And if, if, People are out there and they're listening, and I know they are tonight, and and they will as they tune in, and they just have been moved by this. How would they get a hold of you? How how could someone say I, I want to have a conversation with Mary? I want her to come in our organization. What would be the best way they could get a hold of you?
1: Well, I would love to hear this message. Thank you, Martin. Um, I, I'm actually working on my website. Uh, it's mostly a landing page, but you can get a hold of me through that, and that is. Uh, www.marydamato.com, and I want to spell that all at once, M-A-R-Y-D-A-M-A-T-O, marydamato.com. And if they want to get a hold of me, they can just do mary at marydamato.com. And of course, I'm going to give my number because this is my work number, and that is 314-610-0979.
0: Mary, you always are someone who brings humor. And I wonder, as we close tonight, is there a, a humorous account uh, that, that people could be left with? Because in these uncertain times, I, I do think that humor makes us human.
1: <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, I can, but I, 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 some of them, yes, I, I will give you one. Uh, there was a woman that was praying, and she, uh, it was a, a little video about... I don't know, maybe 90 seconds of that. And she was going on about, dear Lord, dear Lord, I I, I know I'm your daughter, but please understand, she said, I am not a teacher. I am not a teacher, Lord. I am not a math teacher, Lord. And please, please, I don't know who put the tapeworm in my daughter, but she thinks the refrigerator has to be open all the time. (laughs) And Lord, Lord, I know I am your child, but if this keeps up, I'm going to be an inmate. And I don't look good in orange. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so tonight and, and in the future, Mary, let's not wear orange. Let's just keep finding our strength, all right?
1: Oh, absolutely. Thank you. You know what? God bless us. You found your strength in humor, though.
0: Uh, that's great. Well, Mary, thanks for being with us. I really appreciate
1: it. Oh, what a joy, Martin. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Take care and right. stay well. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
0: Time heals all wounds. Join us for our next episode of Healing Stories.